Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint. Thank you for joining me today. I am going to be something, discussing something very basic today, but I think it'll be very beneficial for listeners as I, even though it's basic, I don't think it's common knowledge. Maybe it's hard to think of how those two things go together, but you'll see what I mean when I get into it. But first, let me get a, give a little shout out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. Go on their storefront, usakilts.com for the finest in tokens of either jewelry or or clothing items that express your pride in your Scottish specifically heritage or more generally Celtic heritage. Go on there. They have tons of things on there that you could more more than more things than I could even think of to wear. So if you want it, they probably got it and they they do a really good job of it. So go usakilts.com. Also their YouTube channel has tons of good comments uh, content on USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. That's their their YouTube their YouTube channel. All right. So um, let me first just give a quick announcement. I am going to be coming out with a an online course. I'm in the process. Now there's a lot more to this. I had to find out, you know, who am I going to go with to to use to put the online course on there. I'm, how I'm going to generate the the lead up to that, and there's different softwares and things to go with. And I'm still in the in the education process of all of this, but I've actually got quite a bit of the content for the course already uh, mapped out. So just know that that's going to be coming down the road for those of you who want a little bit. It's going to be a, a consolidated course. It's going to be what they call a mini course, two to three hours long. And it's going to be on the origins of the Scottish clans. And so I think in discussing the origins, we're actually going to unpack a lot of just the, the subject of Scottish clans generally. I'm going to be using specific clans as illustrations of certain points. And so I think it's going to be very beneficial just as I've been doing this podcast for almost four years now. Next month, it'll be four years. And and we're going to just the, the, the different the feedback I've had, both people reaching out to me specifically, uh, personally, looking at our Facebook group and the discussions that have gone on there. I'm, I'm using that as a kind of a, a temperature check on where my listeners are. And I'm responding with this course that'll be coming out in a while. Also, I've, I've got a... I've got a an actual website. So I've had a website. I've been using scottishclans.podbean.com as kind of a, but that's actually, it's it's my web host that offers, yeah, here's a website, but I've got one that I can do so much more with now. And the web address for that is scottish-clans.com. That's the new, the new place to go. Um, the new landing site, the landing page for if you want to go check out what I've got there. I've got links to back, actually some of my links go back to Podbean and on sources. I've got a, a, a list of sources on there you could check out. Um, if you want to further your study on the Scottish clans, I've got links to free uh, maps that I've made that can help me. I'm a very visual learner. And if I can see it, if I can have it visually represented in front of me, and I know a lot of you don't have a map of Scotland memorized in your head. And even if you do, it's just kind of cool to see some things, how they're related to each other spatially. So I've got some cool free resources on there for you. But all those can be accessed via scottish-clans.com. All right, so let's get into the topic for the day. Um, 
we're gonna the the basic yet maybe not well understood thing that I'm gonna cover is the difference between Highland and Border Clans. And I actually had this video and the podcast all done. By the way, yes, I am making this a video on YouTube, but I had it all recorded and I just was going back over it to drop the visual aids in for the video and I saw that I was often forgetting to say border and instead I would say lowland and I just thought it was going to be confusing so I'm re-recording this whole thing. Hopefully I can make it concise, simple, and not get my words mixed up between lowland and borders. For those of you who don't know the difference, so Scotland is broken down into regions as most places are, especially countries, have different geographical but these also represent cultural areas as well. So the so you had the highlands and isles and that was typically thought of as that's the holdout of the of the gallic culture now there is an exception to that and that is the very southwest of scotland called galloway and gallic survived there up until the 1600s and so they they had a very in fact i see it as kind of a extension of the hebridean culture with this mix of of Scandinavian and Gallic descent. But if you look at a map and you look and you kind of just trace it with your hands, the Hebrides as it comes down, and I know you're seeing this in reverse, that doesn't make that much sense if you're watching this on the video the way I'm moving my hands. But if you just come down through the Hebrides and you just keep on going the way they kind of curve, it it lands you right in Galloway. And so they have a similar, a very similar heritage of that mixture of Scandinavian via the Vikings and uh, and Gallic culture so that so so the, you know something on the regions there but for this for the purposes of here Galloway would be considered lowland so with the borders so this and and I don't know how technically deep in back from the border they consider borders there but it's generally this part of Scotland that butts up against England and a very unique culture sprung up there and in, if you go back to some of the government documents from the second half of the 1500s, I'm thinking specifically of the 1587 role of the clans, they call it. If you go to that, that's a government document from 1587. And in it, it sure makes it look like to the government, they, they kind of saw the highlands and the borders very similarly. So the borders would be just like Galloway a part of what would be considered lowland Scotland, but not everything that was lowland is the borders. So I wanted to be very um, careful and with my language, with, with what terms I'm using there. And in, in the last video that I decided to scrap, I was kind of being sloppy with that. So anyway, the, the Scottish government, specifically in that time period, the reign of King James VI, who would become King James I of England, and his his administration, they saw that those two a lot of similarities between those. So my master's thesis was a comparison and contrast between the Highland clans and the border clans to be straightforward up front. Well, you know what? I'll just add that to um, to the difference because the, the, the word clan, some people get hung up with that. So let's get into the similarities. I want to talk about the similarities first, and then let's talk about the the differences between the Highland clans and the border clans. All right. The first thing and the most, um, what is the uh, conspicuous, the most conspicuous, I think, similarity between Highland clans and 
border clans is just that. It's their social structure. It's a kin-based society. Now, I've argued in other episodes on my podcast that a, a kin-based society of some sort was ubiquitous throughout Scotland. But it didn't look exactly the same throughout. So what do we mean when they, the highlands and the borders had a similar kin-based society? Well, we're talking about, so this goes back to something we've talked a lot about, what makes a clan a clan? Why is, what's the difference between a clan and an aristocratic family in England or other parts of Europe? Well, so to start with, we're talking about a bigger kindred than just a guy's immediate family. So you got the Earl of such and such. Yep. English have that too. Well, in Scotland, with this kin-based society, we're talking about a much larger group than just that Earl's wife and his kids. So this broader kin group, and it'd have to have a chief of some sort for it to be. Uh, you know what? That's actually something that I've seen debated on the Facebook group. Does it have to have a chief? Because there are examples of clans that had a chief at one time, and after a while, they didn't have a chief. And do they stop becoming a clan? I think that's up for further discussion. So I'm not going to come down real solid on that particular point. But uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to leave that. But there, there at one time was a chief. And I think that's safe to say. At one time, there was a chief. And he was not only... Once again, we're not talking about his wife and his kids calling him a chief. We're talking about a very much broader kin, kin group who see him as the head of the kindred. Okay, They acknowledge him. And then there has to be some reciprocity. He's seeing himself also as there with this, these duties and responsibilities and privileges that come with being the head of a broader kindred than just his own household. Um, now, to be clear... And this is a kind of a, maybe a misconception that I've held at, at one time. And if I've held it, then I'm assuming that other people have held this misconception as well. And that is that within a, a chief's given territory or, or just within what's considered his clan, because clan and territory aren't exactly the same thing. It, it can get messy. But because a chief can come into other possessions throughout Scotland where he has no kin base there. The people who live there, even though he's gained feudal superiority there. He's not, um, he, he doesn't, he's not, there's no kindred, kin, kin base there. And that presents problems that he might face in effectively governing that in a culture that's so kin oriented. And there was ways they got around that. And they actually used a kin structure to, and kind of used those kin ideas in those cases. And that, and that goes into bonds of man rent. And I did a whole episode on that. So I'm not going to go too far into that. But within a clan, so let's just talk about the clan. A clan wasn't exclusively kin. There were people in any given clan who did not possess any ties that they knew of to the chief. And this, and it's not like, well, they just made up legends that they were. No, there was people in a clan who knew they were very much not related to the chief, whoever that was at the time. But... Um, they were loyal to him nonetheless. And when he called out the clan using the kin as the premise, the kinship there, uh, they answered the call. But it would be formed around a base kin group. 
right? So the kindred, the kinship, this forms the core of this group and pulling in whoever else wants to be a part of this. And as long as they're loyal and and everybody's on the same page, they can have some sort of unity, then they could move forward. So just didn't want to get that. It is not, it's not as tidy as you may have thought once upon a time. Um, also, uh, so that's the kin, the, the kinship social structure. That's a similarity between Highland and, and borders, borders. I'm trying to be specific borders. Um, another similarity is the, uh, the economy of both regions in both regions, cattle and fighting men were one major way that a, a, Lord of some sort, usually, and in this case, we're talking about the head of a kindred, would have expressed or measured how well he's doing. And now specifically, we'd, we'd be talking about cattle. The, the fighting men, that might be like a symbol of his, his power, how many people he could call onto the field of battle. But the economy where it was very agriculturally based, specifically, he could count his heads of cattle. And that's why cattle raiding was such a big deal in these cultures, both in the highlands and in the borders. They were both very much engaged in, engaged in cattle raiding. Now, my next point in similarity between these two regions, the borders and the highlands, is it can involve cattle raiding, raiding but it does not necessarily need to, and that's feuding. So where you have these kin groups, you have grudges that develop between these kin groups. And this these all often create the most visible examples in the historic historical record of how we see a group of people coming together in a for a common cause based on the premise of kinship either real or perceived is is to fight other people now two clans a clan can go raid another's cattle and thus hurting them economically but they didn't necessarily need to be at feud at the time now this could start a feud very easily or cattle raiding could exist within a feud. It could be one expression of the enmity between these two kindreds. Um, but do you see how they're not the same thing? But the, the feuding, uh, a Highlander, if he was visiting the lowlands, these are some of the things that he would see and, and view as familiar to him. He would see these kin groups, even though they, may not, they might not use the term clan. We'll get into that in a second. He sees a guy that to him looks like a chief. And he sees people, these broader kindred groups, and he sees the chief able to call on them and gather people together for something like a raid or a foray into another territory or across the border into England based on they're going to come together and answer his call based on real or perceived kinship. Now, feudalism is not mutually exclusive here. He could use his position in the feudal hierarchy to call people up and his kindred get more people on the battlefield, right? Whatever he could use to get a more, uh, a better fighting force, he could do that. But a, a Highlander would have seen that as familiar to him, the way that, that landscape, he would have seen that this chief, whatever word they're using for chief, headman, whatever, he, he would look around and see that, oh, he's counting his wealth in cattle. We do that. We we also do that in the Highlands, and the Johnstons are at feud with the Maxwells, and it's been a long time going. Yeah, that looks a lot like the Camerons and the Macintoshes. Hmm. Okay, so those are some of the basic similarities. Now, before I go to the differences, 
let's talk about my sponsor, USA Kilts. I've got two kilts from them now, and they are... I, I love, I love them. I love wearing the kilts and I've been wearing my, the newer one that I got was the casual kilt, a little less expensive and this awesome for hiking. I can go out into the back country. I'm not as afraid of getting it snagged on a, on brush or branches, uh, getting a little dirty. I, and I love being in the back country. And so I bet the kilt in my opinion is the ideal garment for that. I love, uh, if you're breaking brush, if you're walking, if you're not on a trail of any sort and you're just wading through sagebrush, heaven forbid you're going through something more thorny, then, then maybe not. But, um, but even if the brush is just light, it's a kilt is still good. Anyway, I've covered a lot of ground this last summer wearing a kilt and it was from USA kilts. And then I've got the nicer one that I got from them in the McFarland hunting tartan. And I really like that. It's really nice quality. It's all wool. And I wear that when I'm trying to look a little bit more uptown, you know, in a Scottish sort of way. So, uh, I'd really recommend their products to you. Their customer service is awesome. USAKilts.com is their storefront and they've got tons of cool content. Uh, some of which I have been viewing recently on the, uh, on their USA kilts and Celtic traditions channel on YouTube. So go check them out there. Tons of good comment, uh, content. All right, guys, differences. So differences between Highland and border clans. I'm trying to keep this. I don't know if I've messed up already. I'll have to go back and see, but I'm trying to be really careful. Differences between Highland and border clans is one, I want to, well, so the first, and this is actually my master's thesis focused on warfare. And to make the long story short, the major difference when it came to warfare was the Highlanders were mostly light infantry and the border guys were mostly light cavalry. In fact, there's some sources that say they produce some of the finest light cavalry in all of Europe. There's some cool quotes from Queen Elizabeth on her opinion of the quality of the Scottish border, borderer, probably by virtue of that, the English, the English did have, this is a really interesting topic that somebody could jump into and study a lot more. So if I just gave you your topic for your master's thesis, you're welcome. But the, what did, what did this kin group, this kin based society look like on the English side of the border? Cause there were surnames that they used on the English side of the border that were very, I don't know, this type of a kin-based society, you could argue also sprung up on the English side. So can you argue that the English had clans? I don't know. It's a good topic maybe for another podcast episode and maybe for your master's thesis. But once again, you're welcome. Anyway, light cavalry on the borders, light infantry in the Highlands. Highlanders were all that is iconic about Scotland. And so this is important for a person just coming into here because a person just found out that they've got Armstrong ancestry. I'm just plucking a name from the borders. Earlier it was the Johnstons and Maxwells. Now it's an Armstrong. Okay, you've got some Armstrong ancestry, whether it's your surname or a different line. And you're like, wow, they, so I just learned that they came from Scotland. Cool. And I looked it up on, on the interwebs and guess what? I found a picture of their tartan. So they're getting this view of the Armstrongs looking like Highlanders. They're wearing, wearing kilts and they've got their tartan and they've got their bagpipes and everything that they're thinking about in their mind is Highland. And the Armstrongs were border guys. They were border reavers. They looked completely different. They didn't even speak the same language. And actually realizing the discrepancy here in my mind actually was one of the, it was part of the fuel 
to my decision on what to write my master's thesis about. So anyway, um, yeah, all that stuff that you think about when you think about Scotland, the kilts, the bagpipes, the claymores, all that stuff, that's Highland stuff. Now, guys, that's too bad because the borders don't lack at all. They're not at one whit behind the Highlands when it comes to cool history, especially between the years of about 1300 and 1600. That 300 year period, man, they you've got cool, just epic stories like the rescue of Kinmont Willie Armstrong by Bold, the Walter Scott Bold Bacluch. I hope I'm saying that last word right. That's the closest I can get to it. But, um, that, that's, and I did an episode on that. What a cool story that is. The Battle of Dry Sands, I did a, like a few episodes. I started off with the backgrounds of the Johnstons and Maxwells and worked through that into the battle and the aftermath. And, and, uh, and I actually want to give a shout out to Jeffrey Johnston, who has posted this on the Scottish Clans Facebook group, but he has written a book about this. I haven't read it yet because um, I've got I'm like up to my eyeballs in things to do, but... Um, I just want to let you know that's on there and give a shout out to a guy in our community. So good job, Jeffrey Johnston, and go ahead and guys check that out and see if it's something you like. Another huge, huge difference between border border guys and Highland guys, border clans, Scottish uh, Highland clans, is their language. And this brings me to the term of clans, because some people want to be purists, which I think some has some huge logical flaws in it about the word clan and they like, well, the guys on the border can't be clans because they clan is a Gallic word and they didn't speak Gallic and they probably would have used different words. All of that's true. All of that is true on the borders. They probably more commonly used the word surname to denote their kindred instead of the word clan. Clan is a Gallic word in origin. The part where I don't want to get too wrapped around the axle about that is the word chief, where does the word chief come from? Did Gallic speaking Highlanders use the word chief? So my understanding is that's a, that's French in origin. And the Highlanders with their Gallic culture and heritage were not short on their own voca- on, on vocabulary to describe a kin-based society and the different functions within that. They had this rich, rich, vocabulary for the kin-based society that goes back a long time before the Normans showed up. They've got words, and I did a whole episode on this, on all the Gallic terms, not all of them, but several of the Gallic terms that were used for a kin-based society. They use the word canal. You see that very early, like clear back into the Dalriada days. Canal, Sliacht, um, Shiel, and Clan. Um, Tishach would have been in in the in a leadership word that they might have used so did a highlander ever, so if the highlander didn't use the if it was chief is if he did if he didn't use the word chief did they have chiefs well of course they had chiefs but all of our words that we use for that highland kin based society don't come from gallic sometimes we use other words and in that case we use one that's that's english that might have had some french origin and anyway do you see the the problem if we're going to be get hung up on linguistics then we got to go pure linguistic right so the my my premise or my thesis is did did other parts of scotland outside of the highlands that were not gallic speaking did they have a somebody who acted as the head of the kindred, acknowledged by the broader kindred as their head, and he acknowledged himself as such and had certain feelings of obligation in that role. 
did they, did we, do we see this bigger kin group come together for any kind of common cause based on kinship? And if we see those elements, then we're looking at something that looks a lot like a clan, even though the non-Gallic speakers, whether it's Scots or English or whatever you want to argue they're speaking at the time, even though they would have used different terminology, it's, I mean, every language doesn't have the same word for duck. It's the same animal though. Okay, so that's that's my little spiel or my little rant on that subject. But the language was one of the main differences between highlands and borders. And then also the big uh, one huge difference is the dress. For those of you who are new to this subject, the borderers did not wear kilts. In the historical time where there are actual border clans, surnames, whatever you want to call them, running around doing raids on each other and following something that looked like a chief and jumping down into England and stealing cattle. During that time period, the borderers were not wearing the kilt. Now, does that mean you never saw tartan there? No, that doesn't mean that. Uh, tartan is found all over the world in various forms. You have very old examples of tartans that come from the other parts of Scotland. So I'm not going to tell you that they didn't use any tartan. They, I'm pretty confident they didn't have clan tartans down the borders because they didn't have that in the highlands as the way we think about them now anyway. But, um, but they might have been wearing some tartan down the borders. Uh, but they didn't wear kilts. And so that image that you have of your Elliot ancestors or your Kerr, Kerr ancestors, your uh, Johnston ancestors, where they're wearing kilts and swinging a claymore going into battle, that needs to, I mean, if you want to have, if you know, I'm a big fan of freedom and you thinking of this any way you want, but if you want to have an accurate view of that time period, you probably got to discard that, that image in your head. And you got to picture a guy on a horse wearing, um, there's a, there's a lot of different terms they use for different, but they're lightly, lightly armored. They're light cavalry and, uh, probably with a spear of some sort. Anyway, di a different picture altogether. There's tons of cool pictures that historical military, military history artists. Uh, I can think of specifically Angus McBride. He's done some cool pictures of that. So if you want to get a good image of your head in your head of that type in, do a Google image search for border reavers and see what pops up. And it's not men in kilts, swing claymores, going into the battle to the sound of bagpipes with their bard given the brosnacha at the very beginning inciting them to battle. It's That's Highlanders, guys. It's different. Okay, those are the major differences. Whew. Hope I didn't take too much time on that. Guys, like I said, I'm working on a project that I think you're going to like, and uh, it's going to be coming out this year. And, and uh, in the meantime, I mentioned the 1587 role of the clans. I'm working on having that up and going. You'll be able to access that through scottish-clans.com. They've got some, uh, I'll have some, maybe I'll post a, the link to that. I've almost got that ready on, on my webpage there. So yeah, got some good things coming that I'm excited about. I hope this is helpful for you and informative. Like I said, it was pretty basic, but um, it, just the misconceptions abound when it comes to this. We covered a lot of ground there, but I hope that was helpful. And until, oh, by the way, if you want to reach out to me, you can. For now, the address for that is thescottishclans at gmail.com. I've almost got a scottish-clans.com email put together here. Um, in fact, I think it's already up, but I just I haven't used it very much, so I'm not confident enough. So use the Gmail one. And if you want, go over to our Facebook group, 
over there. We've got some lively discussions, some awesome content. We've got some really knowledgeable people that are part of our group, as well as beginners who ask good questions. So I'm grateful for wherever they are on the knowledge spectrum there. Um, if you want to recommend to me a an episode on a specific clans, go to give me a give me an email at thescottishclans at gmail.com. Please share this this podcast or this video or whatever you're listening to this on. Please share it with somebody you think would be um, interested in this. And don't forget to subscribe, follow whatever that format, whatever your platform, whatever they're calling it these days. And until next time, Marshan Lev and Rasta. Rasta.